Hi, I'm Jocelyn Hillam. I am the host of the Meliora Mentor Podcast. Meliora means better in Latin. And if you haven't heard it already, I want to tell you that I have found better. I have found a better life. A happier life through finding better thoughts. Thoughts that work through me. And I have been able to find Meliora. I want to help you find Meliora on this podcast. And if you want to work with me further ways, I can help you find Meliora even farther through some one-on-one work. I will put details for that in the show notes today. We are finishing up a pregnancy series where I have taught and focused on mindset tools that helped me during pregnancy because pregnancy has been a hard season of life for me. If it's been hard for you or someone you know, tell them about this series, refer them to it, and have these mindset tools help them. Let them help them and let them help you. (laughs) Let the mindset tools work for you. Anyways, we will jump in for today. Hi, I am Jocelyn, the host of the Meliora Mentor Podcast. Meliora means better in Latin. I encourage better thoughts for a better you and a better life. You're taking small steps in thought or action to reach your goal. I help individuals with an inner desire who are having a difficult time making progress to fulfill their goals to find the small, doable steps without making drastic changes to their everyday lives. And I can help you. Thanks for joining me. A couple weeks ago in my podcast, I talked about an emergency C-section. I had a baby nine weeks early. And if you want more details about that and dealing with emergency situations that can happen in pregnancy and in your life, I encourage you to go listen to that episode. I give lots of good insight there. But today we are going to talk about having a NICU baby. That pregnancy where I had the emergency C-section most definitely turned into a NICU baby. He was nine weeks early and he had to go into the NICU. And today I'm going to talk about being a NICU mom and some of the things you go through as a NICU mom and hopefully some thoughts that can help you through this phase. So my son came nine weeks early and that's early enough that the lungs aren't really developed all the way in the baby. And if I remember right, they have to give the baby some steroids to help their lungs. I didn't even get to see my baby for, I think, a day because I was out of it. (laughs) I almost died for real in this situation. So I didn't get to see him, and when I did see him, I just got to kind of look through the incubator. I didn't get to hold him at all. I wasn't actually up to holding him because I was still not very healed. So I needed to focus on healing myself first. Sometimes when you have these NICU babies, mom is not all the way healthy either, and that was the case for me. I was not all the way healthy enough to to care for my baby, and how grateful I am for the modern medicine that kept him alive and kept me alive as we both went through this trial. I think it took me about a week to really get back to Jocelyn. Like, it was in and out of sleep, in and out of pain medications, in and out of... I don't know, (laughs) cognizance and realizing I was there or not there. But after that week, it started to hit me that I had a baby. (laughs) And I had a baby 
that was mine now. And it was kind of surreal because I hadn't had to take care of him yet. The hospital took care of me and they were taking care of him at this time. And so this kind of went on and he was doing pretty good for a while and we would meet with the NICU doctors weekly, daily, I can't remember. He was my first baby so that was some years ago but we would meet with the NICU doctors periodically and I remember one time that my son was not doing good. And if you've had a NICU baby that has not done good, this is incredibly heart-wrenching. <laughs> I remember just spending a day crying because I was scared. I was scared I was going to lose my firstborn. I was scared that I was going to lose my baby boy. In fact, I was terrified. I was actually annoyed at the doctor because I didn't think things... I didn't want to think that things were as serious as he was telling me they were. And... So I just kind of spent a long time in denial. And then finally I was like, okay, we can transfer the baby. He needed to be taken to a hospital that had better NICU care and knowledge. And thankfully there was one about an hour away, which was hard. <laughs> I was still in my last semester at college and having him go farther away was hard. It was difficult and scary and I didn't know if he was gonna make it. And I had all the thoughts, all the thoughts that my baby's not going to live, this is so hard, why, why are we going through this, why did I have an emergency c-section, why is this happening to me? And I'm sure you've had those experiences in your life, why, why is this happening to me right now? And it can be really easy to have a self-pity party that life sucks for me. This is hard. Everything is hard about this situation. And it's easy to see everything that is so hard. And in these situations is when you want to think about situations that could be worse. In my situation, both baby and I could have been dead. And in fact, if it would have been about 100 years earlier, we probably would have both been dead. So it was easy to be grateful for the fact that we were both still here, still here, that I was here, and that I got a chance to meet my son, which could not have happened without modern medicine. So we transferred my baby down to the NICU, our baby, <laughs> our baby down to the NICU in a bigger city, and, and he had to have more IVs. I was really scared to hold him at first because he had IVs in his head. In babies that small, some of the best veins they can get are in their heads. And I was just terrified of messing something up. So it was kind of nerve-wracking holding him those first few times. Um, but as he was transferred, they there was something wrong with his stomach, or they couldn't feed him foods for a little while, so they were feeding him everything via IV. And he just looked so small and so hungry, and my motherly heart was being ripped apart because I just wanted a whole happy, healthy baby that was going to live, and I didn't know if he was going to live. Something that really helped me get through this time was to be kind to the nurses, to make friends with the nurses and the doctors, to be kind with them, to ask questions, to research, to try and understand why and what was going on, and how to help, when to be there, when the baby needed rest, when he had been busy, when he could eat, and so on and so forth. Being friends with those nurses actually was a light spot in my day. After classes and between homework, I would go to the NICU as often as I could. 
I would do skin to skin with my baby and do everything they would let me do while there. They actually did help me pump, so I was pumping and feeding him that breast milk felt like I was trying to play my motherly role, even though I really wasn't doing a whole lot. He was under constant supervision and care, and this was before COVID, and rules might be even more strict now, but even before COVID, the rules were pretty strict on who could come and see our baby and who couldn't. And that was kind of hard as well. I had a new baby that I was kind of excited to show people, but I wasn't allowed to. They weren't allowed to come in the hospital, and even when he came home, they said you should minimize going anywhere for two plus months, which was so hard for me. I was a busy person, and then not being busy with just having a baby home was so hard. So he was in the NICU for a month and a half, and I had kind of gotten used to going to the hospital, seeing my baby, and then the nurses taking care of him through the night. He eventually did get better over the stomach issue that he had, which was relieving, and that NICU got full, so they transferred him back to the NICU that he was in in the first place. And I like to tease him because his first two rides were in an ambulance, and I got to go on the first one with him, but the second one I did not. But anyways, his first two car rides were in an ambulance, <laughs> and um, as he got bigger, he got more healthy, and eventually we were able to take him home. And like I had mentioned, I had gotten used to the nurses taking care of him, and then all of a sudden I had to take this baby home. And I was scared, and it was hard, because I didn't know what to do. They had kind of made my thoughts paranoid which I've done a lot more works on thoughts now, but at the time I didn't know these things. The nurses and doctors had said everything that could go wrong with a NICU baby, how their immune systems are lower, how yada 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 with being concerned about taking a NICU baby anywhere. So I was like, what they told me made my thoughts go crazy. I was not letting anybody come to the house. I was scared of seeing anybody. I didn't want to take him anywhere. But then that cooped me up. I was even scared of just leaving him with my husband. And I started to have a hard time. I didn't, wasn't talking to anybody. I wasn't getting out of the house. I wasn't going anywhere. And like I said, I was used to being busy. And then here I am at home with nothing to do, no one to see, no one to talk to. My husband worked and went to school and I had a baby. And my mind started going crazy. The NICU was hard, but almost for me, having him home was a little bit harder of an adjustment. During this time of adjustment, I really had to grow and stretch. There were times where I just chose to feel numb because it was hard. <laughs> Numbness was a lot easier than feeling lonely, than feeling not needed, than feeling depressed. Choosing numbness actually helped me get through for a little while until I could finally find the thoughts that helped me to get through this phase, to realize that I really did want to be a mother, that I did want to be a stay-at-home mother, and that taking care of this sweet little boy was exactly what I wanted to do in life. So there are these journeys in being a NICU mom, in being scared for the life of your baby, in not knowing what to do or how to act or what to how to move forward, being terrified, not knowing if your baby is going to make it, being terrified to take them home and out into the world because of all the things that could happen and go wrong, realizing how much responsibility I now had as a mother, 
and facing what I sometimes think of as the lonely confines of motherhood. It can be really lonely at first. It can be really lonely until you let your thoughts start working for you instead of against you. And I'll have more episodes on ThoughtWorks in in facing these challenges with motherhood. So keep coming back, they will come. But to sum up today's episode, I wanted to talk about when things are hard. When you are concerned your baby's not going to make it. How to cope. What to do to cope. Pray. Pray for peace, pray for understanding, pray for enlightenment. Pray for God's help that you will know why this is happening or why you might be going through this. Make friends. Make friends of the NICU doctors and the nurses. Ask them questions. Do your research and learn the reasons why, what is best, and what you feel will be best, and how to move forward in helping to take care of your baby. And when you do bring that baby home, How do you deal with the paranoia of not getting him sick? You can find thoughts that will work for you. This is a beautiful season of motherhood and just being me and baby at home. And I choose to keep him here because I feel it is best. I am glad I get to be this baby's mother and I am glad that this will just be a season and it will pass. And he will someday be big enough to go and see others and I will feel good enough to go out and visit. There are so many thoughts you can think when going through situations that sometimes we get overwhelmed in the negative. Like, I can't do anything. I can't see anyone. I can't be busy. I'm home. But instead, you can think of what the beautiful opportunity is to have some solitude, some self-growth and discovery, coming closer to Jesus Christ through being a mother, through having more time to study and read and ponder, through developing hobbies because you do have more time. There are a lot of thoughts that you can change for the negative ones. If you are surrounded and drowning in negative thoughts, I'm actually really good at helping people find positive ones that can work for them. And I offer coaching sessions where I can help you overcome these negative thoughts. They are flexible. They are 10 minutes long for five weeks. That's what I, that's my starter package where I want you to start. 10 minutes for five weeks in a row allows me to help you identify your negative thoughts, to find new ones, and to move forward. And I hold you accountable for doing these things. And if you are interested, there will also be a link in the show notes for how I can help you and how you can contact me to sign up for that. I appreciate you listening to these episodes. I appreciate even more you implementing them and making your life better through these thought tools. Until next time. Thank you for being a part of the Meliora Mentor Podcast, for listening, for sharing, and for most of all, applying these tools into your own life to improve your own happiness so that you can find your own better thoughts for a better you and a better life through taking small steps in thought or action to reach your goal. If you are one of those individuals who have an inner desire but are having a difficult time making progress in your goals, I can help you find the small, doable steps without drastic changes to your everyday life. Reach out, let's connect, and let's see you move forward. My name is Jocelyn, and I thank you for listening. Until next time.